you would need the sun and the moon aligned perfectly and start your retirement perfectly in good markets for that to really have a chance at working out today. You know, I, I think people would take that information potentially in the wrong manner. Welcome to the All Things Retirement Podcast with certified financial planner, Anthony Alpha. Here's your host, Ben George. Well, glad to have you on All Things Retirement. Uh, this podcast is going to talk a little bit about Dave Ramsey today and the advice he gives. And you're probably wondering, well, tuning in to hear what Anthony has to say. Well, what we're, the approach we're taking here today is, you know, any advice you get financially, no matter who it comes from, even you know, the best in the business, you got to kind of parse through it and see if it actually fits your needs and maybe be wary of exactly the target audience, kind of exactly what's being said and see if it matches up with your goals. Because a lot of times it doesn't. So we want to kind of go through some of Dave Ramsey's key points and key advice that he gives out on a day-to-day basis and kind of make see if it makes sense for Anthony's clientele over at Cardinal Wealth Group. So we'll do that on today's show. Plus, we got a couple of mailbag questions we'll get to as well. Thanks to everybody that sent those in to the podcast and uh, we'll get rolling. So Anthony, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, Ben. How about yourself? Everything's going pretty well. Uh, how are things around your office? I guess you guys starting to take steps to get back to normal or are you still kind of in that quarantine work virtually mode? Yeah, we're still kind of in the work virtually mode. The governor extended it by another 30 days. So, yep, we're still in that kind of that holding pattern uh, at this time. So we're just still focused on uh, trying to find things to do around the house, which seems to keep (laughs) getting added to it and, you know, keeping that positive attitude for other family members around us. Yeah, you got to do that. That's that's important. I know a lot of people right now are dealing with just being stressed out. You know, uh, know, mental health is obviously an issue, a big issue across the country. But, you know, whether you're dealing with financial issues or health problems or employment issues that you're concerned about, people are overall a little bit more stressed out right now than normal. Is there anything you do to to relieve that stress when you kind of have that feeling? I do. But uh, going back to what you said, both of our grandparents, Dana, my wife and I, they are only stressed out because they cannot see uh, their <laughs> granddaughter, uh, their great granddaughter, that is. And so we're trying to uh, do the best we can with the uh, Zoom meetings with them, but they could care less about their health. They're all about <laughs> seeing little Rosie. So it's, yeah, it's no pretty, uh, pretty cool stuff. But um, for my own stress, you know, I've been running a lot and doing these high intensity training workouts. They're short for HIT, um, H-I-T-T. And I find that that really helps me deal with any stress. Uh, anytime I seems to beat up my legs, uh, some type of workout around that, it really helps me sleep well when uh, maybe there's some stress out there. And so that's what I've been doing. Certainly right now, that you know, all the gyms being closed, the golf courses are kind of just starting to reopen, which I don't know if that's really a stress reliever, but (laughs) the, uh, the running and the uh, high intensity training, which is really just a bunch of little one minute to 30 second types of workouts where you kind of do something at a high intensity, then you kind of rest for 30 seconds and then you go and do it again, really makes the workout go by really fast. And I'm really exhausted after it. So that really helps me. Yeah, I think a lot of people are taking that route, whether it's just walking around the neighborhood, just getting outside, getting some exercise, just anything you do to kind of get out, take your mind off things and try to relieve that stress. So uh, that's good to know. Well, today, look, 
before we get into our topic on Dave Ramsey, I want to remind you as well on Anthony and the Cardinal Wealth Group. Visit them online, cardinalwg.com. I know you guys are doing some webinars right now, Anthony. Is there any way that somebody that may be listening for the first time can can get access to those? Or do you have anything coming up in the future maybe they can sign up for? We do. Uh, they can uh, reach out to us directly on our website, has all our contact information. And we'll also post when that next webinar, uh, which will be um, having in June and July. Perfect. So if you want to do that again, cardinalwg.com, or if you have any questions directly for Anthony on what we talk about today or anything on your mind financially, you can always give him a call at 609-605-2808. So look, today's idea on behind the topic is pretty simple, right? You know, Dave Ramsey's earned a lot of respect through the years among savers and investors. You know, you can see just by looking at his radio show, how popular it is, the books he's He's written and the performances he puts on where he speaks to a lot of people in these sold out venues. But is everything that he tells you worth following? And that's that's really what we want to try to discuss today and, and see what Anthony thinks about that. Because you know, maybe some of the things that he's actually telling you aren't going to fit you and might even actually hurt you. So let's go through some of his most popular advice and see if it makes sense for retirees and pre-retirees, especially people that you work with, Anthony, and, and the people that are a little bit closer to retirement uh, that you typically have in your office day to day. That sounds great. All right. So the first one is the debt snowball. If you've listened to Dave at all, you've heard the term debt snowball. And so basically kind of to summarize it, you, you want to pay off that lowest amount of debt. Whatever that balance is, pay off that lowest balance first. It doesn't matter what the interest rate is. Pay off that lowest one because that'll give you confidence. Kind of get that snowball effect where you'll roll that money into the next one and it just kind of starts building up. And, and, and before you know it, everything's paid off. It's really a behavioral uh, approach to paying off your debt. So what do you think of the debt snowball? I think, well, from a financial planning math standpoint, that doesn't really make the most sense. From uh, Usually, it's you're told to pay off the highest interest rates first and not as focused on the balance per se. But I will say from a behavioral standpoint, I think that that helps to work for a lot of people to pay off smaller balances first because it's kind of like one of those things where you get to see some instant results. Uh, it's like... Uh, checking something off of a list, it feels satisfying the knowing that you got it done. And I think it's that type of concept where you get some early wins to help you to continue that type of behavior. So kind of re-encouraging it. So it is something that I would advocate for some people when I think it could be a good fit to help them uh, from a behavioral standpoint. And I guess too, it's like, if this is the best way to get you to pay off debt, you know, whatever works, right? I mean, essentially, like, you know, if, if, if you're worried about, well, I got too much to pay over here. If, if the best step is forget interest rate, just pay off the smallest thing, th that taken care of and move forward, I guess that's better than nothing too, right? Yeah, I would agree. And then the other thing that he's advocating there is that you take that money that you paid off the debt with and you reapply it to the next lowest balance. So it, right. I think that's the kind of the snowball effect that he's applying there. Okay. The next one he talks about is uh, he gives out the advice to really just just invest in mutual funds. And and he says that, look, it's as simple sometimes investing is, it's just picking out a few mutual funds, right? Just kind of mix it up, a growth, uh, you know, maybe an aggressive growth, international, whatever it is, just pick a few and your investment plan is set. Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't really kind of necessarily agree with that one. I, I think if you're somebody who's a conservative investor, I think you could even find yourself in some trouble telling somebody to go into a growth or aggressive growth type of investment there. So I don't know that that makes a lot of sense in in, in some ways. 
from a financial planning standpoint, if you're doing a plan to kind of get an idea if you can live the type of lifestyle that you want, well, the lifestyle is kind of dictating your plan and the plan's going to kind of dictate, well, what's the right type of investment strategy that matches up to the type of lifestyle or goals that I might have or want my money to do for me. So I kind of think reverse engineering, working backwards to determine what the right investment strategy makes more sense to me rather than just saying, buy five different mutual funds and you'll be fine. And I assume too, like if you're just focusing on mutual funds, you might end up kind of taking on a few more fees than maybe you anticipated as well, right? Yeah. I mean, to dig even in, you know, further to the statement, I, I don't know if he was just saying mutual funds. Sometimes people say it as a general thing and it could mean right. stocks and bonds too. But okay. um, if, if we're talking just mutual funds, on, yeah, there's certainly specific mutual funds that you might want to circle over maybe some other ones that are a higher cost that might make more sense or look at these things called exchange traded funds, ETFs out there, which could be a lot cheaper as well. Okay. Well, I know when he talks also about investing and just when he starts throwing out percentages, he's implied uh, on a number of occasions that you can expect about 12% return on your money if you follow his investing guidance. And then on the flip side of that, in retirement, he's even talked about you can plan on spending 8% of your money every year in retirement and be fine. Kind of seems to go against a lot of the stuff we talk about and, and things that I've heard from other financial experts. Yeah, that, that sounds a little too good to be true. I mean, if you just think about the market as a whole over its lifetime, it's averaged around you know 9 to 10% over its lifetime. So to expect 12% on your money, that doesn't really seem to be good. Not, not only that, I, I don't know if I would want to base my success of my plan off of assuming a 12% rate of return. And I think you know, on top of that, the 8% is you know, more than twice what the 4% rule that many people are familiar with. And even the 4% rule today is under a lot of stress from that even working. And that 4% rule, I would say, is more of a rule of thumb for some people's reality, depending on when they start retirement, meaning if they start it in a good market versus not starting it in a, uh, versus starting it in a bad market, you could be looking at a 3% withdrawal rate. So I think that you would need the sun and the moon aligned perfectly and start your retirement perfectly in good markets for that to really have a chance at working out today. It sounds a little bit too self-serving or promotional. You know, I, I think people would take that information potentially in the wrong manner. So I think that type of statement can do more harm than good. Yeah, I know if I heard that, I'd be like, well, I'm going to follow his advice. If I know I can make more and spend more, that's uh, that's what everybody's dream is, I mean, ultimately. But yeah, that 8% number seems a little a little concerning once you're in retirement, especially when you're dealing with the years like we've had this year, right? I mean, that that's when you really have to kind of figure out how well your plan is going to stand up to to that kind of structure. So uh, yeah, interesting absolutely. there. Um, retirement savings, he talks about uh, quite a bit in terms of paying off debt. And he's a proponent of, in his baby steps, he outlines this, he says, you know, it's, it's best to just go ahead and pay off your debt, even if it means stop contributing to your retirement plans. The only exception really to that debt is mortgage debt. I mean, that's a, a little different than your other debt there. But he's even saying just don't don't invest in those retirement accounts that you have until your debt's paid off. Do you think this is a smart strategy to use? I think that it's really a case-by-case -case situation that you really should be looking at any type of financial recommendations. I think that it sounds great, but a lot of times, for instance, I had a client 
that I just started doing a financial plan for last week. They are 55 years old. They have $2 million in IRA 401k money. They make about $350,000 a year and they have $35,000 in credit card debt. And so at first you could really kind of scratch your head to wonder why they might have $35,000 in debt when credit card debt when they got $2 million in the bank. But with three kids, active lifestyle, things like that, you know, would you, and they're somebody who's always, they told me to have some type of credit card debt, then they pay it off and then it kind of builds back up over a year or two and then they feel bad and they get it down. So to me, if somebody like that came into the office and you told them not to be doing anything in their retirement plan while they have this debt, these people would never have $2 million, which they did it on their hard-earned savings. So I think you really got to look at the total picture. Um, and these people's case, their house is going to be paid off in five years. They're going to have more excess income coming in as well. So I, I don't think that a one-size-fits-all approach when it comes to debt planning you know, makes the most sense uh, you know, at the expense of somebody's retirement. If you're going to live with it, kind of always have it. I don't know if, you know, telling them to pay it off, they're going to wind up there again in in two more years. It's kind of ill-advised in my eyes. Yeah, I'm glad you said that the one size fits all because it kind of seems like, you know, seven baby steps are are great, you know, and it's great especially just to bring awareness to your money and 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 how your what your financial habits are. But like you said that one size fits all fit all approach is doesn't make a lot of sense for somebody that wants to work with an advisor because that's the whole idea is you want a financial plan that is customized to you. And that, that's what's great about a financial plan. It's not this, hey, this is my advice for everyone. It's going to work. It's, hey, this is what you need to do specifically. Yeah, I would agree. And you know, for me, I, I think Dave Ramsey is out there trying to do good things to help people uh, as a general thought or a general what he's putting out there. I mean, for me, he's not somebody that I'm following as a peer for research or, or good ideas. I think he's really good at marketing on a mass scale to people and there's nothing wrong with that, but he's not somebody I'm going to seek counsel for my clients. I, I think we also maybe talk to different types of clientele as who's my ideal client versus maybe who's following these things. And really the only reason I know some of these things that you've asked about is They've been brought to my attention by others in the past, so I've looked it up. So I, you know, I think the seven baby steps is maybe more geared to somebody that's dealing with debt issues and maybe just getting started in life or out of out of school. But again, I think as you mentioned, it's going to tell people that are twenty five to thirty years old don't save in a retirement plan because you have some school debt, but you might be getting free money being matched by your employer. I, I don't know that you want to necessarily turn that thing down. You might even begin some deductions from a tax standpoint for things like a mortgage or for things like your student loans, where it might make sense that it doesn't make sense to do that right away, uh, You know, where you stop saving for other long-term goals at the expense of a short-term debt that you might have. Yeah, I'm following you on that for sure. And I think that's the biggest takeaway for me is just, look, you know, it's great 
what he's doing, as you said, like there's there's a lot of good in what he does. Uh, if even if it's just bringing awareness to what you're doing financially and building a having a plan. I mean, he's he's essentially telling everybody you need to have a plan in place for what you're accomplishing. Now, right. all that advice isn't going to fit you know most people, right? I mean, if you're closer to retirement, you're you're not going to have you're not going to follow the same advice as somebody that's 25 years old, as you mentioned, 25 to 30 is going to do. So take the good with the bad. You know, apply some of the stuff that works for you, but the stuff that doesn't, you know, don't worry about it. You can kind of push that off the side, but I would assume that if anybody hears anything from Dave or any other financial expert that's out there, best thing to do is to come to you and sit down with you and say, hey, look, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I've, I'm considering. How does it work for me? I would agree 100% with that. Yeah. Well, good deal. If you have any questions, you can always get in touch with Anthony at Cardinal Wealth Group at cardinalwg.com. Also over the phone, 609-605-2808. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Let's dive into the mailbag and a couple questions from listeners before we close out this episode of All Things Retirement. We're going to start off with a question that came in from Steve. He says an online calculator says I'm going to need $742,485 for retirement. I guess they rounded up or down. I'm not sure. But how accurate do you think that estimate is? I really wouldn't know, to be honest with you. <laughs> I think that you got to take those online calculators with a grain of salt. And some of them will tell you where those assumptions are coming from. And there's all sorts of assumptions that they could be baked in there. One on the internet versus, say, one that might be found in your 401k plan calculator. You might have a little bit better of a calculator in a 401k plan if it's coming from like a reputable company like Vanguard or Fidelity or something like that. I would just kind of look at it more as a, as a guide, but I think I wouldn't really be making my long-term financial decisions from it. I think getting a more detailed plan makes more sense when you're factoring in things like social security taxes or federal taxes and different rates of assumptions in the investment market and things of such to get a better accurate picture of what you need for retirement. It's not to say that it, it's wrong. It's, it's just to say that, you know, so you know where all that information's actually coming from for your own financial objectives. Yeah, I guess some of those calculators are, they probably do a pretty good job, but I mean, they definitely can't factor in everything you have in your portfolio and, and all the assets that you have to really figure out that number, right? It's just too, too many variables to yeah. really have an online calculator do all that, you know, for you, generally speaking. Okay. Well, thanks for that question, Steve. Our next one comes in from Christina. I have almost $150,000 sitting in my savings account and I'm tired of getting virtually no interest on it, but I'm also too scared to invest right now. Should I just leave it in the bank? You know, kind of going back to that financial analysis of ultimately, what do you want that money to do for you, right? If it's something that you need tomorrow, then certainly I wouldn't say putting it in a market makes sense. Uh, I think a lot of times people too are looking at like, it's either going all into the market or it's sitting in my savings account. And there's a lot of other things that it's in between those uh, two extremes. So maybe it's you know doing putting it into a CD and some bonds to get a little bit better rate of return than what cash is giving you. Or maybe it makes sense to put it in more of a balanced mutual fund. So it's not all in the market, but half of it's in the market. And another thing that you could probably do, Christina, is consider doing some dollar cost averaging where you're able to put a portion of the money into the market, but put it in over a slow, slower period of time so that if the market is going up, you're buying it a little bit at a lower cost 
versus if the market's down, you're buying more of it at a cheaper cost. So those are some things that I think that could help you um, from an option standpoint. Good deal. Well, Christine, I recommend you you reach out to you know whatever financial professional you work with. If you don't have one, you know I recommend you you reach out to Anthony. That's why we do this show to try to help you out. But if you have further questions and and you really want a complete answer, you, the best thing to do is to sit down with an advisor. And you can always do that with Anthony. He's taking taking new meetings, even though look, we're still not all out and about and, and moving around, and things aren't completely back to normal. Uh, especially around New Jersey, but we're, we're, we're taking steps there, but Anthony still meets virtually, uh, whatever you're most comfortable with. And you can find them online at cardinalwg.com or over the phone, 609-605-2808. And don't forget to, uh, on the website, you'll find his tax-free retirement toolkit. You can get your toolkit sent right to you. Uh, a great resource for you there to use. And, uh, and it's, it's there for free on his website. Plus every past episode of this podcast is there as well. So let's close it out on that note, Anthony. I appreciate the time today. I'm glad uh, you guys are doing well and your family's doing well. And hopefully everybody listening is staying safe and staying healthy. And hope the same to you as well. Thanks, man. Thank you. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.